Welcome back into the KYR Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Del Rio. This episode has uh, actually been a pretty fun one to put together. I had some good conversations with some different individuals looking back at this past year of 2019 and different work that was done and accomplishments that were uh, made, opportunities that might present themselves. It, it, it's been a really fun kind of episode uh, to put together uh, and, and, and kind of go down memory lane with some folks. You're going to hear about this past year as it relates to KYR's work and accomplishments, specifically as it relates to the Kentucky Real Estate Commission and the work that was done in partnership with them this year. And then the presidency of uh, Mr. Rip Phillips uh, from the Greater Louisville Association of Realtors. Um, I want to go ahead and start off by thanking all the individuals involved for taking time to sit down with us and record their thoughts and kind of take a trip down memory lane. Um, it's, uh, it's sometimes not an easy thing to do, especially as we get near the end of the year and everybody's finishing things up. So we certainly appreciate everybody's time. This first segment that I'm going to play for you is a conversation with some individuals that uh, serve at the Kentucky Real Estate Commission. Kentucky Realtor CEO Steve Stevens and Government Affairs Director Richard Wilson sat down and spoke with individuals from the KREC. We have Director H.E. Quarter, better known as Beaver Quarter. Uh, we have Chair Lady Lois Ann Dispinette and Attorney Tony Cotto. He serves in the Public Protection Cabinet's Office of Legal Services. So we're just going to go ahead and jump right in and join that segment now. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's great to be here today. Um, really have a distinguished group of folks that are sitting around together to have a little bit of a conversation uh, about the real estate industry, but in particular, uh, some very important things that have happened uh, over the last year, two years uh, or more, and I think what is going to be very positive for this industry. So I want to talk a little bit with some of them about some of the accomplishments, uh, some of the things that are regulatory in nature that are going to be uh, affecting the real estate industry in the future, but how things have changed, which I think have been very positive. So let me start out with uh, you, Director Corder. Uh, tell us a few of the things that were accomplished while you were in this position. Uh, and in particular, what are some of the things you're most proud of? Well, some of the things that we kind of highlighted that uh, we look back, looking back on that uh, we feel like are some of our greatest successes, forming a centralized licensing database. Uh, amongst all of the different licenses under under the authority, it's it's empowered the real estate supervisors to operate their businesses more effectively. It's it's created a lot of conversation amongst the different licensors. It's also opened up the opportunity for us to give cross credit for continuing education, and we're just now in the process of starting to develop that. Uh, at least one of the new commissioners that's coming on board is very much a, a passionate about that at Larry Disney. And uh, so we're looking forward to his cooperation, his input and vision uh, being applied to that. Uh, we've streamlined the licensing process. Um, our internal people here at Department of Insurance, they're experts in those types of things, and they've helped a lot with that process. Uh, developing online applications, which has resulted uh, in a decrease of 50% of the licensing processing periods. Uh, the period of time or the, the length of time that it takes to process, it's cut it by 50%. So that in itself is, has been outstanding. Almost every single process, if not all of those processes, by the time we get through this renewal period, will now be able to be done online. Even if their license has expired, they'll be able to get back online and renew their license, pay any penalties or fines, whereas before they were completely shut off. So we've, we've worked again with these folks that have been so helpful on the online portal and got those problems solved. Uh, fee reduction, we've removed barriers uh, for entering into the field and reducing the cost of professionals operating within this industry. Uh, my goal was to try to get rid of all, if not most, of the small fees, and we were able to do much of that. We had some hiccups along the way, but that's one of the things that we've we've tried hard to do, and we've we've been successful in doing so. The net reduction uh, of 72 percent of all burdensome regulations, making it much easier to do business as, as real estate professionals, and we just feel like that. Uh, Eliminating those regulations, eliminating those restrictions just makes it easier uh, to carry on our day-to-day -day activities. 
And this was the year, I guess, that you just decided this was an opportune time for us to address these because they've been on the books for a while now. And so Long time. Uh, why, did you, uh, why did you look at this and say, you know, this is the right time? Well, first off, I have to give a lot of the credit to our governor. Our governor set, set forth the Red Tape Initiative, Red Tape Reduction Initiative, which essentially was for all of us to look at every possible way to, re- to reduce regulations. And uh, I won't speak a whole lot on that because we have the king of reg reduction with us today in <laughs> yeah. Tony Cotto, and we, hopefully he'll, he'll uh, get time to, to discuss that. But it, our governor is passionate about reducing red tape, and he is, he's certainly been the greatest encouraging force and, in my opinion, the best, the best and greatest governor Kentucky's ever had. And he's so pro-business. Uh, it, it's just the perfect environment to do what we got to do. And we've touched... Uh, I think Tony at one time said 83% or 81% of all the regs across the authority. Yeah, now, I know well, your all's focus is on the real estate commission, but uh, we also are over the home inspectors and the real estate appraisers as well as the auctioneers. And so, a lot of those folks are our members, too. Absolutely. So, Some uh, of them are dual licensed. Uh, yeah. very, much, uh, very much the same way, so right. really uh, appreciate that. So it was going, a ton. Go ahead. I mean, going from 38 regs to 7, 8, yeah. that's unheard of. In yeah. state government. We just had and we just had that kind of we had the we had the the people uh, the book of Nehemiah talks about the people had a will to work. <laughs> the folks around here we we were able to assemble an all star team uh, across the board administratively legally. Uh, folks just got on board and said, "Let's get let's, the, let's get this done. Let's yeah. go." Yeah, and so and so we did, and we jumped into it with both feet, and uh, we're able to accomplish many great things. Now, one of the biggest benefits, not just because she's sitting here with us, but when you've got a chairman like Lois Ann Disbennett to help you push this stuff through, and she's, she's got a head full of common sense, but also many years of experience in this industry, she understood the problems coming into this. She just needed, like we needed, to be part of a team that had a will to get it all done. That's awesome, and really appreciate your work on all of this. And uh, your supporting cast as well. You had some supporting cast members as commission members, I think, sure. that were really uh, hardworking. I mean, basically for the pay they get, they do a good job, right? So a lot of long hours spent, and, and we really appreciate that. Not just that. one meeting a month. No. They had, uh, several meetings, uh, several Subcommittees times. and all and sorts of things. When you bring your own brown bag with your luncheon and your peanut butter and crackers, yeah. you're serious. That's, that's exactly right. I'm going to come back to you, Director, in just a minute on some other things. But I want to ask Tony to go into a little detail because, you know, we were – very fortunate you all allowed us to be a very big part of discussing these regs as you went through your changes. But people are very interested in the advertising regs and the licensing regs. Um, can you give us a couple minutes on some of the details of that and, sure. um, and help people understand what's been done? Sure. And, and to piggyback on what Director Corder said, the, this red tape reduction effort doesn't happen in a vacuum. Um, this was a call across state government and the Public Protection Cabinet embraced it. and. As we started really diving into a number of regulations, not only in real estate, but across any number of professional licensing boards, we started finding regulations that hadn't been looked at since 1970. Wow. Um, when, when you have those kinds of regulations, be, and which exist only because it's easier to make new ones than to get yeah. rid of old ones. That's right. Yeah. It's always easier to add something and say, we'll, we'll deal with the underbrush later. That regulatory underbrush is what causes fires, and we decided to deal with it. And the governor led the way, and we really embraced it and said, in every instance, ask the question, why? Hmm. Well, that reg's always been there. We've just always done it like that. Why? Once you start asking why and no one has the answer or someone says, well, that was before my time, you've got a problem and it needs to be addressed. So that that's the context for the bigger uh, the bigger effort and going from, as you said, from 37 down to seven um, required looking at every single one and saying, why is that there? It doesn't fit there. Let's make it make sense. Um, so we went through a number of drafts of how you could sort of combine things and what it would look like. And we said, well, l- let's just say, what do I have to do to get my license? What, do I ha- what is expected of me while I have my license? What do I have to do to keep my license? And then what happens after? So it, we tried to make it as simple as we could. On advertising specifically, because 
we had an extensive public comment period. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a number of meetings. And yeah, at, at its core, this is about curbing false, misleading, and deceptive advertising. Um, this is an issue that the commission has been wrangling with for over a decade. Um, it's about accountability for associates and brokers under whose authority they practice. And it's about remembering that associates don't have independent authority and that brokers are accountable and need to properly supervise their associates. It's that simple. And we are not the only state wrestling with this issue. This is a national issue. Uh, And through all the conversations that were had and the meetings that were had, I think we, we really managed to find a nice balance Um, with the idea that a broker who knew or should have known about an advertising violation will be held accountable. Um, That's that's the direction that the commission felt strongly about, and that's that's where we tried to take that. Sticking sticking with the advertising reg, um, I know when y'all first released the regs and then after the public comment hearing, uh, some things were changed. Can you kind of speak on some things that were changed after the public comment hearing, specifically about logos and uh, what can and can't be on advertising and stuff like that? Sure. So exemptions were made. Um, Initially, when the proposal came out, it was bright lines. And they said, well, what about this? What about that? We had to craft some exemptions. And the commission looked hard at it and said, you know, we're going to have to draw some lines and say this is an ad, this is not. But the commission reserves the right to look at things in the future that may not have even been invented yet. Okay? I mean, it's one thing when you're talking about T-shirts, which have been in existence for a long time, but you start talking about Internet advertising and all of the things that come with it, the commission left itself enough room to address things on a case-by-case basis moving forward. And that was a result of many discussions, very good input from the industry, and strong feelings from the commission. We made over 20 changes to the advertising regulation based on public input. That's great. That's great. And listening to what's going on in practice, because, you know, it's it's easy to be in an office like this and think you kind of know the way the industry works, especially when you have commissioners that are doing it. And But, you know, they come from a certain locale, and not everything works the same way depending on where you are in the state of Kentucky, right? So Or anywhere for that matter. One of my goals as a director has been to get people involved that are doing it there there are there are instructors there are those that are involved uh, in one aspect or another but the commissioners that we have engaged right now on the real estate commission they are engaged in the industry they're active they're busy they've been very effective they've been successful uh, they have been through the fire in many cases and and they have they have been very active involved with the legislature uh, this industry in itself has to be one of the most dynamic industries in America right now. The, due to the financial industry and the insurance industry and, and the, the geography of it all, especially with the, the current president that we have now and the, the governor that we have now, we have the lowest unemployment rates under both of these two administrations, both in the nation and in the Commonwealth of Kentucky, the lowest unemployment rates in the history of our state and the history of our country. We're in a housing crisis right now. The, the affordable housing is non-existent. Inventory period for our industry is non-existent. And it's been a very dynamic industry because a lot of these changes have happened in the last few years. But that being said, one of the most dynamic aspects and changing aspects of our industry is advertising and marketing. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. with it between between the online and the and even the even the variations of different types of signage, whether yeah. they be fixed yard signs or their electronic billboards, there's so much change that's occurred in the last decade, and keeping up with it is a challenge for anyone. And yeah. I, I'm going to point at the uh, chairwoman just for a minute because I want to ask you. I mean, you were at every meeting, worked every single one of these um, th- these over as you went through it. What was the toughest part of this for you? What was the toughest reg in, in terms of what you were working on and how do you, you know, when you looked at these things and you said, we got to make some changes here and plowed into it, 
and maybe you said, boy, this is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. So <laughs> tell, what, what do you think about that? Uh, advertising, of yeah. course. That was, yeah. and to make sure that everybody was on the same page, there was a lot of misunderstanding, a lot. Uh, if you weren't at the meeting, you didn't really know what happened, trying to get caught up on it, and it changed minute by minute. As we sat there, we thought we would be headed in one direction, and after we listened, we're like, okay, we've got to back up and go another way. Uh, we did listen. We opened. Our meetings were all open. We encouraged people to come. I, the boards, I asked them to send people. I talked to offices and said, you need to be here. We wanted. We had educators. We had uh, attorneys. We had brokers. We had licensees. And they sat there and listened, and we opened up and allowed them to speak. They were able to talk to each other, and we listened to their discussions. Then we were able to interact with them and ask, and I think that really made the difference. It was transparent. We wanted it to be open, and we wanted to hear. And um, advertising definitely would yeah. be the, yeah. the biggest. Uh, lots and of the detail there, too. And I mean, that had been going on for years. Mm -hmm. I mean, over... I've, it's over 10 years and they've had committees and when I first went on I formed a committee and we started into it and we realized that this is you can't do this once a month this is something we're gonna have to really sit down and do and some months we probably had what 10 meetings or at well, least yes. that's incredible it's yeah. a lot yeah <clears throat> from this is coming from someone that was a lot at a lot of those meetings uh, when she says the the meetings were open and transparent they were. I mean, she y'all had input from everyone in the crowd, and one of the positive. Speaking of someone that was there, I yeah. like to say thank you for doing that. Uh, one of the, it was one of the positive comments that we got from people who on the on the in in the initial onset of all this were very, uh, I guess, suspicious maybe at times as to as to where we were really headed with this, and they were unclear. Uh, they became our champions. Once we opened it up and gave them the opportunity to have so much input, so much transfer. There were there were a few days, I have to admit, that we would have been better off with less input because it turned into almost a free for all at times, you know. But it's a very it's a very uh, uh, passionate issue. Is. People are very passionate about this. Oh, yeah. I'm glad though, in the in the sense that there's people that care that much about their profession, care that much about this industry, that they want to be that engaged. They want to be that passionate. Absolutely. I would much rather have that than someone that just sit there and keep their mouth shut and then go complain when they leave. I'd rather them voice their opinions, voice their concerns, yeah. and let's deal with it. Yeah. Well, let me uh, let me ask you. First of all, let me say thanks again for your very diligent leadership and hard work in the 2019 legislative session to really get a comprehensive bill through. And um, Director, you've already kind of outlined a few of the things that were in it, but um, one of the things that the passage of House Bill 436 did was to also add two new commissioners uh, who will be joining the commission very soon. Um, what does that mean for the uh, operation of the KREC going forward to be able to have additional commissioners? It's really tough when you're only uh at some meetings, we would only have three people, and it would be hard to really get a feel across the state of what's going on. Uh, we needed people to caseloads to work on our cases. We couldn't do it with three people because we had we needed two people to look at the cases and make a recommendation, and then the rest of us to vote on the recommendation. And so we needed to divide it up. We needed to have an education committee that was actively working. And uh, our commissioner that is a consumer didn't want to take on those type things because he wasn't in the profession and didn't understand it. So it left to two other commissioners to have to do that at that point. So it was too much. This will help us. We can uh, spread the work out. We can move on. We can move at a faster pace. So it's also good. help yeah. keep it impartial. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. It's, it's, it spreads it spreads it out instead of you just having a couple of people or one way or the other that serve on <clears> committees. <throat> you can spread that committee load out so that the impartiality is preserved a little better. Got well. it. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm excited for the three new ones. Um, there, I think they will be fantastic commissioners. Uh, so I'm excited to see where it goes. There's so. wisdom in a multitude of counselors, and all of these if all of these perspectives that are brought to the table are professional people and those perspectives are active participants in this industry, 
you learn from that and you grow from that. Uh, that's that's the benefit of it. Yeah, and let me shift gears on a different issue real quickly too. One of the last issues, which is not insignificant at all, that you've taken on before the end of this year is reciprocity with another state, in particular the state of Ohio. And we got ourselves into a different arrangement a few years back. Now we want to get to a point where we have reciprocation between the two states and recognizing licenses. Exactly. Can you um, update us on where that is and maybe just explain a little bit about, you know, first of all, what does that mean? Why is that important? And maybe the precedent it sets for us mm -hmm. to look at other things uh, going forward. Other states, Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. No, we, we felt you know, very strongly that the, the concept of reciprocity is important not only in this profession, but we're trying to do this with more and more professions uh, all, all across the licensing boards for this state. It's important for people who are licensed here to be able to go to other states and continue to practice the same way we want other people to be able to practice here, but we have to have standards and we have to have rules around that. Um, the regulation has been proposed that makes these changes. Uh, it has gone through the regulation review subcommittee at this point. No questions were asked, no objections were lodged. Uh, and it has been referred to the Licensing and Occupations Committee. Uh, for the next 30 days, they will have the opportunity to review it. Uh, and that's, that's sort of where we are. Once that regulation takes effect, the commission can draft an actual agreement that will be made between the commission and the regulatory body in Ohio. Uh, and that will, I think, set a great precedent for our other neighboring states. Uh, people are watching. We, I know directors gotten calls from other states, uh, I assume the chair has as well, is that people are watching to see how this plays out because they may want a similar deal. Yeah. That's great. That's, that's going to be so helpful to our members up there, but then eventually, hopefully, in other places as we look at possibly doing this in other places. Uh, the good news, I think, is that, that we know that there's already some dialogue between the two states. Seems like favorable, favorable conditions exist that if we make these regulations happen, we can make this come to pass. Absolutely. That's When we traveled out to, to the National Arello Conference uh, some months ago, the original rough draft for this um, reciprocal agreement was given to us and signed at that time uh, in, in what I consider to be a great good faith gesture by Ann Pettit, who is my counterpart in Ohio. And so she's been very forthcoming in trying to work with us, very cooperative in trying to work with us. And I, I've gotten text messages, multiple text messages from her in the last month, just checking on things and letting us know that she's still on board, anything she can do to help. Uh, that being said, I'm a professional negotiator. That's what my trade is. And I happen to be the executive director of the Real Estate Authority at this time, but my business is as a principal broker, auctioneer, and, and graduate personal property appraiser, and I negotiate with people for a living. And by putting ourselves as the state uh, licensing board and as a, as a real estate authority, as a real estate commission, uh, whatever the entity is that we're referring to, by putting us in a position where we only have a recognition status. That essentially says, come over here and take an exam and take our business. Where we're, our hands are tied, so we cross the line going over into another state, we have to jump through every kind of hoop. We have to take their education. We have to follow all their guidelines. We have to know their laws as well as ours. And then we have to take their exam, sometimes the national and state exam, the way it stands right now. So by setting us back up as a, re as a reciprocal state rather than a recognition state, it gives us the bargaining power that we need to seek out these agreements and put us back on a level playing field, uh, not only in this profession, but in other professions across the board. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I was going to say, we have uh, some of the adjoining states have been in contact with us. They are watching this very close. Uh, Anne has reached out. She has really worked hard and met with us, and she's ready to try to get this put to bed real soon. Uh, None of you have to agree with each other on this, but I'm real curious <laughs> to, to uh, find out, you know, what do you all three individually think are the most pressing issues today for the real estate industry from where you sit today? Well, I think uh, tax on service is mm -hmm. going to be a big 
thing, and we've got to watch that. That's huge. And I know that, uh, Richard, what, you just got back from Austin, and I have already heard that one of your speakers, that was one of the things that they were talking about out there. That's is, correct. That was one of the top priorities uh, that is shared throughout the country uh, from state to state is, is sales tax on services. So we are not the only state who is going through it or will go through it. Um, so, <clears throat> yes, um, that, is, that is an issue that uh, the Kentucky Realtors will be keeping a close, close eye on. I received a phone call, and they said, you're not going to believe what the conversation is out here, tax on service, so we're not the only one. Yeah. I think that uh, the flood insurance is always a big concern, and it's... Um, Right now, it's never-ending. It's We just get a little relief, and then we have to deal with it again. Technology, because we don't know what's coming down the road. Um, it's being educated so that you know how to work with the new technology and what is legal with the new technology. You know, you take someone that's old like me, you know, technology wasn't around, so I have to be educated on yes, you can do that, or no, you can't do that, or, you know, what things are. So I think technology is going to be something. Limited inventory, that's huge. We mm -hmm. don't, there's just not enough property. Yeah. Affordable housing, the director uh, made sure last, in January, I think, we went to the manufactured home uh, conference it was three or four days and took classes on it we met with uh, the appraisers we met with the manufactured home place we are working at trying to get them together where they're educated and they when the appraiser goes out he knows what he's looking for that it's not just a trailer that it is a manufactured home uh, FHA in January wasn't it director they agreed to start making the loans on that, that type property, okay. but our appraisers were not educated on it. So okay. the director took it upon himself to start working with the appraisal board, and we're trying to start uh, interacting the auctioneers, the appraisers, the home inspectors, and the real estate commission with cross-education. So that since we're all in this kind of together but separate, mm -hmm. we can learn from each other. And the director has really pushed that hard. Yeah, and that's great. We love that piece of that legislation to allow that. And uh, I know we're hard at work looking to see how we might help facilitate uh, educational offerings that will be able to meet the test for all the different industries too. So I think that's fantastic. Director, what's in your... Oh, a couple of different things. Um, when I first got here, the two of the issues that were brought up first and foremost were the issue in dealing with teams, uh, also that uh, we be treated as on the same level as other professions. Uh, quite frankly, at times we felt somewhat discriminated against and one of the accomplish that we, accomplishments that we made was to uh, raise the, uh, or to reduce the statute of limitations from five years to one year like all of the other professions that participate in the real estate transactions. That's one of the greatest accomplishments and probably one of the most unsung that we were able to get done. Uh, in regards to teams, that's going to be an ongoing issue as more and more people flood into the industry uh, in this great economy. But it all comes back to the, the first issue, which is professionalism. If, if the brokers subordinate their authority and subordinate their oversight and accountability to less trained or less qualified sales agents and get in trouble, then it hurts the overall professionalism of this industry. So they need to stay on top of their game. They need to monitor their sales agents. And if they're going to have teams, that's wonderful. We sell more real estate. We, we do a better job for the consumer because we have more hands on deck, but at the same time, they have to be monitored. They have to be watched. So Teams is going to be an ongoing issue. How we address that and, and how we have addressed that here in Kentucky, I think, has made a big difference, and other states have followed suit with some of our legislation. Tony, last but not least, other big sure. issues that are out there, you think? I mean, to me, the, the, the biggest issue facing the industry, and this is not only this industry, I, I have the, the privilege of you know, overseeing a lot of different boards and a lot of industries, and from where I'm sitting, it's consumer education. Um, hmm. There is a lack of consumer education about virtually all industries, but in particular, coming out of the Great Recession, 
um, you have a large population of millennials who have never been taught how to buy a house. They don't know what to be asking. They don't know what they're looking for. Uh, and as director and, and, and the chair have said, by upping the game and upping the professionalism, um, the, the real estate industry can really serve those consumers. But it is going to take education by everyone involved to deal with a culture that is the, the, the rocket mortgage, right? I can click on my phone and boom, I've got a mortgage and I've got a house. Yeah. That's not the real world. <laughs> right. You guys know, everyone in this room knows that that's not the real world. And we have a lot of work to do educating the public and the licensees about what's next and how we incorporate all this technology and remain professional. Yeah. Unfortunately, the, the existence and the extensive growth of online services has made it all too easy to sign, it, to sign and enter into a contract. But then what? Mm. And unfortunately, uh, the, the consumer realizes too late that they've signed on to something either they could not afford or were not aware of all of the problems and issues that went with it. Just because we've made it much more easier to buy a house, purchase a house, locate a house first off, uh, by going outside professional realtors associations and outside the professionals that are trained to walk them through this process, if they go directly to the inventory and directly to the lenders without any coaching, without any help, without any guidance, very often they find themselves in a mess. Yep. In, in what is, for most people, the most important and biggest purchase of their life. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I think Zillow is uh, very frustrating for the consumer also. They get on Zillow, they find a house, they call, and I'm like, what address? And I look it up and I say, we sold that in 2015. And Zillow has, when, they, when the market is not flourishing with inventory, then to get more leads, they bring back on things that have sold. And then the consumer's calling, and then you have the uh, companies that are for $25 will send you all the foreclosures. And so when the people call, we're like, where'd you see that? Well, I bought a, I bought a site. And we're like, don't do that again. And that property's not on the market. You know? <laughs> and I think right. that's a challenge. Yeah, that really is. So we're going to have to wrap this up now and, and say thank you. But before we do, uh, Madam Chair, I'm going to ask you the final question. And that is, so if I'm a new real estate licensee today, What's the best advice you could give them uh, right now? Be patient, plan, save, take your taxes out and put it somewhere, your tax, what you think you're going to pay, be paying in taxes, because the IRS will want their money at Always. the end of the year. Yeah. So uh, plan for that. Uh, realize that the people you're working with, you know more about them than their family. You are very close to them, and so once you close the deal, and you cut that string, they feel like they've lost their best friend. So just kind of reach out and keep patting them on the back. Uh, be sincere. Be honest. Your reputation is all you have uh, that's going to keep you in business. So I think you've got to be honest. I understand what a, what a counselor you really are in many ways, sometimes psychoanalysis as well as uh, a psychologist as well as uh, your, your financial and, uh, and other activities. Folks, I just want to say thank you on behalf of the Kentucky Realtors for all of the service you've provided, uh, all the support you've given to us and allowing us to come into your process and work with uh, you on these regulations. Uh, and as we move some very big things forward uh, that I think are going to help this industry long term, uh, your all's tireless efforts have, uh, have not been, will not go unnoticed. Uh, we certainly do, uh, but we appreciate everything you've done and thank you so much. Thank you. And I'd like to thank the staff. They have worked really hard. They put in long hours. They called me on weekends at night. The director has really been out beating the bushes. And we have two consumer commissioners that have given a lot of time. Commissioner Wiseman and Commissioner Klein. And I really appreciate them hanging in there. Um, our consumer 
uh, Commissioner Beckham has he's tried to dig through things and uh, he he's worked hard so I appreciate it. And it's tough for somebody that doesn't know the industry. I mean, my that, gosh, you know that's that's a that's challenge right. too. So you're right. Thank we got to say thank you, everybody. All right. One uh, one thing is I'd like to say closing up just a closing uh, comment with the new administration change the odds of me still being here uh, in the near future is probably not great and I would just like to thank all of the participants and the realtors that have been so so willing to help and to work to solve these problems that have come to the meetings and have been so kind and so courteous. I appreciate the text messages, the emails, and the phone calls of encouragement throughout uh, my tenure here and the spirit of cooperation that they've put forth. And to that, I say thank you and good day. Thanks again to all those folks for sitting down with us. Now we're going to move on to a great conversation with a leader that has really committed a lot of time to serving realtors in Kentucky this year. And uh, he is the 2019 KYR president, Rip Phillips. He resides in Louisville with his wife, Anne, and his daughter, Baker Phillips. And he'll actually hold a special place in my memory because he kind of broke me in. I started in my position here as communications director uh, in late October of 2018. Of course, Steve Klein was the president then. And I really just kind of served through the tail end of Steve's uh, presidency and uh, really got to know how the association worked and how the president worked with the association by getting to know Rip Phillips. And he was great to work with. I think we helped each other out as he kind of learned the ropes as president and as I learned the ropes uh, here in my position. So special thanks, Rip, on a personal note uh, for your help this past year. Um, again, Steve Stevens and Richard Wilson and myself uh, all sat down with Rip and talked about his year. And we're going to go ahead and play that for you right now. Well, Rip, thanks so much for being here today and taking some time to chat a little bit about this this long year we've had and the things that we've done and uh, some of the experiences you've had. Uh, I just personally want to say I've enjoyed working with you this year, and it's been uh, quite rewarding because I think we've accomplished a, f a fair amount. So we want to kind of take this time to recap uh, with you some things and some of the things that you felt like were the highlights and uh, maybe lowlights. I don't think there were many, but we, we can talk about those too. But uh, as we near the end of, the, of your tenure as president, what are some of the things that we accomplished as an association that you were most proud of this past year? Well, first of all, let me say thank you. Uh, it's been a pleasure to work with you, and, and the feeling is mutual there. Um, some of the great things that have happened this year, you know, I've touched on time and time again. Uh, back in February, we had the uh, legislature pass the uh, rules, so our tail insurance now goes down to uh, one year instead of five, correct? So, um, I mean, that was a huge win. Even though it kind of slid under the radar, um, it was huge for our, our membership. Um, but I think probably the most important thing that happened this year, at least as far as I saw, and that allowed us to get things done, is that our membership came together with one voice in everything we did. Um, and we had some healthy debates, don't get me wrong, but, but that was in our house. And then when we, when we started talking to people who are not realtors about our issues, uh, we did so with one voice. And it looked like we were very organized and, and, and we knew exactly what we wanted and we knew why. Um, and that is a result of every member coming together, um, airing their differences. And even though they may not agree, um, towing the line that's best for all realtors in the state of Kentucky. I think that's well said, and I think you're exactly right, and uh, really a lot of unity out there. So that, that gets things done. So when you decided to be president, you probably had some expectations. Um, so talk a minute about what expectations you had coming in at the start of your term, and tell us, did those come to pass, or was the experience as president a little bit different than you thought? I've been doing this so long, I'm not sure that I actually had expectations. <laughs> um, the the People would even ask me after, uh, as the president-elect, uh, are, you, are you relieved not to be running for office this year? It seems like each year I was running for something. Um, so that was nice. But, um, yeah, some things that, that I was looking forward to getting into office, and you've been helpful with this as well, and I appreciate your help, um, is, is bringing the other boards together. And, of course, we had some help from Executive Director Corder and the Real Estate Commission. Uh, but we have a lot of crossover. You know, when, when the, the Kentucky Realtors went to the um, legislature and said, you know, we want to increase our uh, continuing education hours, um, the auctioneers 
uh, were primary in stepping in, many of them are realtors and said, yeah, we're not for this. Um, so we had to take a step back. And um, bringing those people, we didn't really, if memory serves, we didn't really reach out to the auctioneers before uh, we had our formulation together. Um, that has changed. As you know, we've had these uh, meetings with not only auctioneers, but home builders and home inspectors and, and bringing people who are related in this industry together. Um, that's been a huge step forward. And I think, um, I think that's also helped us with our One Voice initiative, so to speak. Um, and yes, we've come a long way. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to building on that. I think mm -hmm. that's exactly right and a great foundation this year. We're oh, I hope that so. continues going in the so future. Thank yeah. you very much. And I, I, I know we've, we've got a lot, a lot we can do. Rip, now I know you mentioned uh, some legislation that was passed uh, this past 2019 legislative session. One of those pieces of legislation was the Association Health Plan uh, legislation. And I know that kind of hit home for you. And I know people who have attended our road shows have heard your story. Mm -hmm. uh, but for those who haven't attended, can you kind of go through the Association Health Plans and how it really hit home for you? Can you kind of tell us our, your story? Sure. Uh, but let me preface that by saying... It, I can't recall one stop on the road show where somebody didn't have a similar story. Mm -hmm. uh, association health plans are, are highly desirable by large numbers of our organization. Yeah. Um, so it, it's not just me, and there's many stories like mine out there. Um, and as you know, when you've heard me say this, um, many years ago, <laughs> as a single man, Okay, before I got married. Don't date yourself. Um, but as a young realtor, right? <laughs> yeah. We'll say young, still young. Uh, but as a young realtor, um, single, I had a, a limiting condition. Um, and because of a law in the state of Kentucky, if an insurer is going to write health insurance on you, they have to cover, they had to cover pre-existing conditions mm -hmm. back then. Um, because of that, I was not able to find an underwriter for insurance. Humana wouldn't, wouldn't take me. Yeah. Um, and that required me to go to a state-mandated plan, or a pool is what they called it at that time. And I forget what the exact number is, but the insurance would have cost me something ridiculous, like 5000 a month hmm. for something that's basically catastrophic coverage. Um, just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. I would have to sell two homes a month just to cover my insurance bill. That would keep me out of the industry. That would make me look elsewhere. Yeah. Um, rather than becoming a realtor. And I, I don't think our industry needs that. So the federal government agreed. And so did the state legislature in, the, in, in Kentucky. And we all know what happened with the uh, state's attorney general and, and 11 other people. Is it 11 or 12? Yeah. 11 other state's attorney generals? Yes. Sorry. All came together and, and uh, challenged that with the Department of Justice in, in D.C. Uh, so hopefully, I mean, things look positive. Hopefully that will uh, take care of itself sooner rather than later. Yeah. Um, that is probably the biggest regret that I have during my time is not being able to see that through. Because well, you got the ball rolling. Got and, the ball rolling. And in January, February, we thought we were good. Yeah. Um, Las Vegas had theirs. Tennessee has theirs. Mm -hmm. uh, they were ready uh, right at the turn of the uh, turn of the year, and they had had their plans in place. They were ready to go. Uh, unfortunately, we weren't. Um, but yes, we've got the ball rolling, and when that when that clears up can't wait to see it happen absolutely absolutely so staying on you here uh, I know you've had an exciting change in your career uh, do you want to tell us a little about that <laughs> sure well um, I've been a principal broker for about three and a half years with another firm um, before that a um, couple of years before that I had my own company closed that down for another opportunity uh, but now um, here recently, I have become managing broker of a statewide brokerage. They do things a little bit differently. Um, they're big in their tech, and, and they have uh, one office statewide if that's all that it needs. Now, as numbers grow, uh, they'll add other offices, other principal brokers. But uh, I'm a managing broker with EXP Realty. So in my new position, uh, I have answered an opportunity that has put me in a better position to produce. It's, a, it's providing me other opportunities uh, for income, and it takes advantage of tech and, and everything that you hear about um, becoming part of our industry. Uh, this company, EXP, is an early adopter, so uh, it makes it fun to go back mm -hmm. in the office. 
Uh, it makes it fun to be able to bring these things and these opportunities to our agents. Um, and, and that just kind of is an addition to the broker duties that I was doing, which isn't always the most uh, mm -hmm. uh, fun thing to do. Help people with issues, get them out of trouble. Um, but guiding them, consulting with them uh, is now also part of my, my job and it's, uh, it's very rewarding. Well, that's great. Sometimes change is good. And yeah, it's, and absolutely. It's, yeah, that's great. Um, tell us a little bit about KYR and, and your experience in working with the staff with KYR. How can KYR work to be more effective? Um, you're well aware that our mission and our goal is really to serve our local associations uh, you know, there's all kinds of components. There's education for our members. There's public advocacy. There's you know, all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot to this that you could possibly answer. But is there anything that you think that KOR should look at, focus on, to become more effective and, and more uh, efficient? Well, you know, I, I, I've been active in KYR for, oh, wow, 13 years now. Mm -hmm. um, started with leadership KYR because I had some extra time and I wanted to learn more about the industry. Um, and it's a constantly evolving and improving animal. Um, I think we're in a better position now than perhaps we've ever been any time in the past. Um, our finances are fantastic. Mm -hmm. Our membership is through the roof, no pun intended. Uh, okay, <laughs> pun intended. Um, but, I mean, everything is just pointing positive right now. Um, it's been... It's been I don't want to go down that road. <laughs> it's been a long, strange road. No. Um, but it's, it, it, it's, I hope I've provided to KYR as much as they've provided to me. By that, I mean professional growth, uh, friendships, uh, even referrals here and there. My business has improved because I am with the KYR. You know, as far as being effective, I, I, KYR is doing a fantastic job. I don't see uh, any glaring need for improvement. You've got a you've got a strong person at the helm. I've got full faith in in his abilities, and he's brought on some fantastic staff members that are well versed in what their job is, uh, and they're doing it quite well. Well, I would compliment you though too, and I think I'll meet you. Uh, I, I would I would compliment you, uh, Rip, in terms of identifying places as we went through the year where some deficiencies might exist. So, for instance, you know we recognize that we don't have um, guidance and policy on federal political coordinators, and so mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. You calling together a presidential advisory group to help us study that issue, develop policy around, hey, we want to make sure that we know that when a vacancy occurs, we have a great process in place to identify the very best people, vet them, and then put them in front of NAR uh, to, to recommend them as our, our FPCs. So those are the kinds of things that we look for leadership out of our uh, presidents and our leaders. To, you know, we as staff are in the office uh, trying to run the operation, trying to make sure that things keep going smoothly, but we have to rely on direction and vision and, you know, the leadership to do that uh, of the association. And so uh, that's where I think you have stepped in this year and helped us with uh, with projects like that throughout the year. Thanks, Steve. And let me point out that that's not a function of, of uh, anything that we missed. That's a function of being in a good situation year over year. Uh, times change and things have improved to the point to where we had this as a problem. Up until now, we've never had this problem. In fact, the problem was quite the opposite. We didn't have enough people to fill the positions. Yeah. Now we've got people competing for the position. Yeah. What a great situation to be in. Yeah. Um, and we've got some fantastic people who are, who are uh, very well qualified and do the jobs very well. And thank you for everything that you put into that as well. Well, you're welcome. And, you know, uh, advocacy is important to us, but so is political action. And KYR mm -hmm. is one of the strongest political action organizations in the state of Kentucky. You're a major investor. And fortunately, we have you and now 120 others, um, or 119 others. We have 120 in the, in the state. But basically, you think it's important. And that's important to invest in the Realtor Party um, Political Action Committee. Um, 
why is it important to you and what would you say to all the other realtors out there about why that's important and they why they should also be part of it absolutely it's it's uh, part of the one voice uh, that I've, I've talked about already I mean it's okay it's okay to support your uh, person of choice when it comes time to running for office I've done that myself uh, fortunately the people that I've I've backed in the last couple of years um, with monetary donations um, have not been people that our RPAC has supported or declined to support, but rather chose to stay out of the race. Um, I can't, anybody who's been to Frankfurt will tell you, anybody who's met with their legislators uh, during our Hill visits will tell you, um, the RPAC, the money that we put forth in that effort speaks volumes. Yep. Follow that up with our visits, follow that up with our handshakes, our face-to-face, and our FPCs, SPCs, um, it's gotten to the point now where when a bill comes up um, and a lawmaker thinks it might affect us, they seek out mm-hmm. our opinion. How powerful is that? And if the number of people who contribute to RPAC, if the dollars continue to grow, our voice only strengthens. Okay? So, obviously, I think it's important for all of our membership, if at all possible, just to give a few dollars. And I'll tell you, in my office, I've asked people, hey, if you've got a closing, can you give me 15 bucks? Uh, and I've done things in the office to get the awareness up. And I can't tell you, at least last year, I probably helped bring, it's not many, maybe 10 or 15 people who haven't donated to RPAC into the fold. And, you know, it's funny, once they make that donation, they want to know what their money is doing, even though it's 10 or 15 bucks. Right, right, right. Uh, right. Some people will continue next year. Right. Some people may even increase. It's good. Uh, and that only makes our voice stronger. That's the point that our RPAC trustees want to hit home uh, next year is, hey, give us 15 bucks and see where it goes. We want to tell you the points, the uh, the high points that, or the, I guess the, the realtor wins that we've had in the past. Sales tax on services is a big one. Keeping uh, banks out of closings, stuff like that. The big wins. RPAC has their name written all over that. So uh, your dollars go a long way. Uh, but switching out of RPAC, and I'm, I'm, Rip, let me say thank you again for being a major investor. As, uh, as your tenure ends, uh, here in what, three weeks? Almost three weeks? Uh, I know you're not counting the days. Why but... is everybody telling me that? <laughs> Uh, we've we've loved having you as president. Uh, Thank you. That, that's that's an, an understatement. But how would you um, want to be remembered in the future as a past president of KYR? As the tallest president ever. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might win that. You, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I appreciate the question, and if this seems out of line, forgive me. But um, I, I didn't do this for the recognition. Um, it's, it's, somebody may come up with a difference of opinion, but it, it's not about me. It's, yeah. it's about us. Uh, it's about the organization. If the organization is, is not doing well advancing and improving, um, then the person at, at the helm is going to take the blame. Uh, if the, if the organization does improve, hey, great, we all had a hand in it. And that's, that's exactly what happened. Um. Again, I didn't get my my opportunity to put the association health plans in order. Um, if 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 people are going to talk about me after the fact, and I know they will, uh, I would hope they they would think that I did what I thought was best for the organization. Um, that was always my intent, um, and I think that would be it. I got you. That's a good answer. Uh, one question I wanted to ask you that we that we asked uh, Commissioner Lois Andes Bennett at our on our last episode for a realtor who is, who has just gotten their license, do you have any any uh, advice that you would give to them? That's hard to say because people come from so many different situations sure. um, to become realtors, so many different backgrounds. Um, what is what is education rank? Where would Getting a mentor, well, and, I, that's, and, and, and would some of those things be things that would be good to think about? That's where I'm leading because we all know that the test 
the, the education you get before your licensing is primarily involved with uh, helping you to pass the test, but doesn't necessarily immerse you in professionalism. So when a new agent becomes licensed, depending on what their, their specialty they, they plan to focus on is, I think primarily your most important part would be to find somebody with some experience. Actually, find at least three different people with experience and, and ask for their opinion. But interview them. Tell them what it is that's important to you, how you want to use your license as a realtor, because there's many different ways you can do that. Um, most of us will end up in residential real estate. Um, and you should find people from different companies because not everything is, not, there, there's not a company out there that's a good fit for everybody. It's that simple. Um, and the newly licensed agent has, has undertaken a path um, that they want to accomplish something. And they need to figure out who or what firm is going to be able to help them accomplish that. Unless, of course, they already have a background and they're well-established. Yeah. And it's just a transition. Um, so check around. Find somebody who can guide you, not only as a mentor. Uh, anybody can walk you through paperwork. Mm -hmm. But in finding that educational path, because education never stops here. Um, not only is there CE, but there are, there are more and more classes coming online every day. Uh, as we talked about a few minutes ago with the different uh, real estate occupations, we're now able to branch out into those as well just to get our education or our CE completed. Um, I will tell you one thing that I did that I got the most out of when I was first licensed. Um, I was at a firm that had a relationship with a builder. And, I'm, and this was a stick builder, if you will. Um, so every week, uh, a class of about five of us went out to a new construction build from the time they broke ground to the time it was finished. And the builder, who used to be um, the president of the Home Builders Association, um, walked us around as realtors and showed us what we need to know. Hmm. Uh, wow. What is it about a house? I mean, that's really awesome. There it is. It's, yeah. It doesn't just pop out yeah. of the ground. Um, and the minutia, the, the things that have to happen all along the time frame of the build. Um, most people would never even consider. What a great education. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's fantastic. fantastic. Yeah, that's, that's really a really great insight. I so. found that really valuable. But uh, it's, important, it's important to find somebody who can guide you along the path of education that's most appropriate to what your goals are. Very good. Very good. Well, so, you know, as you conclude your presidency, what's next? What are you going to do? Are you, uh, <laughs> you have uh, aspirations of higher office? Are you going to, you know, focus on uh, some other passion? Uh, do you, uh, obviously you've taken a new job recently, so that's going to keep you busy, but what's, what's next? You know, I need to focus in on this position. Uh, it, it, it is a lot more involved than, than what I have done in the past. It does take more time. So I'm going to uh, make sure I get that position down um, and I'm, I'm highly effective in that position. Once that happens, I suspect you'll, you'll hear my name again. How it's going to happen, I'm not exactly <laughs> sure. What's going to happen, well, you know, it just depends on, on where we are at that time. But, uh, yes, I highly suspect uh, you'll hear, about, hear my name again. Well, we will, and we'll be watching, and uh, obviously you'll, you'll and not, not be I'm not going too anywhere, by Well, I know. <laughs> I was just going to say that. You're not going to be very far away, and I would not imagine you stay on the leadership team for another year, for sure, as an immediate past president, uh, but also um, there may be a few tasks we can find for you to do, so uh, don't you, yeah, you won't get away that easily. Well, I just want to say one more time on behalf of uh, us, our staff, and KYR, uh, thank you. Uh, congratulations on your year and uh, all that we were able to accomplish. And uh, we have had many successes you've outlined today and probably a whole lot more, but uh, really uh, enjoyed the time we spent. So thank you. And let me say, and thank you. And let me just say one more time, um, thanks to you, to everybody at, at the staff at, at KYR, uh, to the members, because none of this could happen without them. Uh, but also to people like my family, like uh, the, the brokers at my office. Uh, uh, for example, Stephanie Gillison, she knows I'm here. I've got other op obligations I should be doing, but I'm here right now. Um, so, and I, a person in this position can't do it without the support of people in their office, in their family, 
and of course everything that KYR puts forth. Awesome. So thank you. Awesome. It really has been a great uh, 2019 here at KYR. A lot's been accomplished. Of course, there's always things left to do. We have a new administration in Frankfurt. We have new leadership at uh, on committee levels and in, on our leadership team here at KYR. And we're ready to hit the ground running and tackle 2020. All our legislative priorities, all our educational priorities, everything that we've got kind of uh, on cue for you, look for great things to happen. Thanks for joining us for this episode four of the KYR podcast. As always, let us know what you'd like to hear and what you'd like us to talk about. Thanks very much for joining us. This is Paul Del Rio signing off. Thank you.